<laughs> Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and today was... we're not going to be playing a board game, and we're not discussing our immediate reactions. <laughs> <laughs> so today is our delayed Gen Con recap. Yeah, it was what, um, three weeks ago? All right, everything fresh in the mind. Very immediate, immediate <laughs> podcast. Yep, yep. We're uh, we're nothing if not prompt on our news and it, information. To be fair, we <laughs> hadn't traveled in a while, so remembering to bring all the equipment on traveling. I don't know if we would have had that's time all. to record there. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. Yeah, that's true. That's because we had so much fun. Oh, I shouldn't. Yeah, well, spoilers. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, so let's start with Kate at her first Gen Con. What were your Gen Con expectations? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I remember one of them. Well, I, I think I talked with this group already about how I didn't realize that it was going to be like a big hall with the tables. I, for some reason, thought we'd be in like little private rooms playing games one at a time. Which would have um, been cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I thought that. Even a convention center would have the capacity for that, but um, that's what I had in my head. What was the one you That remember? was the one I thought okay. of. Okay. You're like, oh, yeah. I thought we'd all be in our own room. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Did we talk about the food? I mean, that I had heard yeah. a lot about. Yeah. I definitely had, yeah. you know, expectations for these uh, these restaurants. Yeah. Well, one of them was Weber Grill, and we have a Weber Grill, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the brisket needed to happen, so yeah. that was successful there the day we got there so we all got there on wednesday we don't all get to talk about our expectations <laughs> well i well, assume I the rest of us expected it to be like gen con of uh, the other four we've been to yeah yeah except smaller yeah smaller and which i think it met my expectations in terms of the size mm -hmm. and the safety yeah I felt like for the safety part, because there were a lot of stuff online about people like super upset about the like the vendor hall opening because it mm. was very similar to how it's opened in the past, but nowhere near like as packed as it usually is. But right. there were definitely people in there that not observing the six feet. And I know Eric and I saw somebody that like just straight up didn't have a mask. Like we, It wasn't just down. It was like we didn't see it. And I think Eric, you missed it, right? It was, so. Well, there was that guy in the vendor hall that. Big shout out to BoardGameTables.com because it was one of their uh, people demoing mm -hmm. a game that she told him. I believe it was Katie, hey, their customer oh, service yeah. person. There you go, Katie, the customer Yeah. Uh, but she like called the guy out and was like, no, you, you can't be around here unless you have a mask. Yeah. And Eric and I were just like, how do you even get this far in without a mask? Yeah. So. Well, and I feel because safety for all the people that are going to be in that vendor hall running those booths. Yeah. I, I felt like in general, like I didn't see a bunch of people get called out, but that one was definitely like Eric and I noticed that one because mm -hmm. it was loud. Um, I felt like for the most part, people were had their masks yeah. on oh, no, yeah. properly. By far the most part. It's better than anywhere yeah. else I've seen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's the first place I've ever seen the uh, the beard pocket mask, mm -hmm. where the the mask was properly done, but then there was like an extra bit at the bottom, and you could tuck your beard into it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, the food we'll get to, right? Sure. We built food into this. Uh, no, I mean I didn't. Okay. It's a board game podcast, not a 
foodie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you play board games, then you eat food. Yeah. So we opened up uh, Wednesday night after we got our, we ate and then we got our badges and then we played uh, Sushi Go and Bosk. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I well, think it was your first time playing Bosk. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play Sushi Go. I went to bed. Right. Um, <laughs> what, what, did, what did you think of Bosk, Kate? I liked Bosk. I, I would definitely play it again. Um, the theme was a lot of fun. I enjoy squirrels, so. Yeah. Um, Squeeples. <laughs> Squirples. There, there were there there was a lot of squirrel talk going on during the boss game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah, that was one that we played. Was that our first or second Gen Con? I think it was our first one. No. 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 Second? Last last one we went to in person. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the third one. Sure. <laughs> so many. I'm not keeping track. Uh that we like bought it right, right after we played it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was a good one. Uh and then Sushi Go is, is Sushi Go. It's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. Uh so then uh on day one of Gen Con, the first game we played. Oh, we ate was- at Whole Foods. Oh yeah, yes. we had a whole <laughs> sorry. Which was still great and it was great uh to uh, just have somebody as interested in going to Whole Foods as I was. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I, mean, I don't mind Whole Foods. Um you just whole foods sh- hate. shush me out of there real fast. Yeah. I feel like so the way we do Gen Con, I feel like we take it a lot more leisurely ish oh, yes. than like what I've heard some people do. And I, I feel like you know, they talk about con crud or whatever. And if you don't plan to take care of yourself, like eat right and drink water and like space out all your things, I feel like that's where the sickness comes in. I feel like the way mm-hmm. we've done Gen Con the last couple of times that we've gone physically, like I feel like we do a pretty good job of making sure that we take care of ourselves, but still have a good time. Yeah. So. Well, I will just say if we're going to talk about that and scheduling and spacing things out, I do think that our scheduler for our the Gen Con events, scheduler. the actual scheduler, a.k.a. Eric, did a great job of organizing the games because we have people who aren't necessarily morning people or night people. And we had a, a great, I feel like break in between and so it, it was just a really good balance that allowed for us to have some of that downtime as yeah, well but then those people messed it up by actually going to the night events and one of the night people weird. being a morning person <laughs> and i'm yeah. a morning person that's not the night person but we both did great <laughs> yes. well we'll have funny. a section at the end where you guys can criticize me don't worry <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the first uh, first game we got to on the on the morning of uh, Thursday was Merchants of the Dark Road um, from Elf Creek Games, designed by uh, Brian Sure, developed by Brent Dickman, and artist was Andrew Bosley. Um, after half a year of daylight, we must now prepare for the dark season. The roads will be treacherous, but they will still need to be braved by a select few in order to keep our cities thriving. In Merchants of the Dark Road, you are one of these brave few merchants that travel the dangerous paths between cities. While the job is perilous, fame and fortune await. And it had uh, Rondell and worker placement with dice workers. I think, Eric, you picked this one. Yeah, um, it was actually one of like the trend. If- if you monitor the trending leading up to Gen Con to plan out your schedule, uh, it was like one of the top <laughs> trending ones. Um, and I, I like the theme. I like the idea. I like being merchants. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I like the game the most out of everyone. I had like a just a different. We haven't really done too many Rondell games. And this Rondell was a little bit different than like what I think people traditionally think with Rondells. We actually have like a Rondell like spinning. Oh, like- uh, kind of like in life. 
no, that. that's more of just a spinner. Like rondelles, yeah. like usually you like work your way around a circle, the Gen Con to your, the crowns of Amara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so how we worked like, around those circles, that's a rondelle game. Mm. Uh, whereas this one, like the rondelles didn't shift, but we went around on a road and each of the stops on the road was like the different actions that you could take. Mm. Um, so I felt like it was a little bit different take on rondelles. And, yeah. And then some of the actions were like you could um, you could buy supplies, like different goods that people might need. You could sell them to adventures in the taverns, pick up travelers to take back <laughs> to their homes. Um, you could pick up like, a what they call the, the delivery contracts, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. Contract. Yeah, there was a yeah. Word Objective. But it was like yeah. a delivery yeah. contract to go out to a city and then you could travel on the dark road out to these like small towns outside of the big city and deliver goods and deliver people. And, and you could piggyback kind of on traveling out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, that was a cool player interaction piece was like when one person went on a travels, other people could join in. And so you could like. Oh, I think they're going to go over to this town, so I'll pick up things to deliver there too. Yeah, and you get and you're basically like aiding as well. So like they got additional dice that they could roll against whatever uh, route they took to the city they were going to. Yeah, and there were rewards for traveling, and then there were some runes you could go to, and then there were special lanterns that could give you bonus actions. A lot of different things moving there. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. Um, I, yeah, I think Erica liked it more. Uh, this is one that BP missed, but Kate, Kate, uh, played it. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I don't know. I, I have this memory of it being like, it seemed like there were multiple ways to do the same thing, but maybe that was because it was my first time through and I didn't realize like how I could, um, strategize to enjoy that or take advantage of that. Instead, I found it mm -hmm. like it doubled up a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. for some yeah. reason I struggled with like the dice placement and the sliding yeah, up, the, even though it was, was very gonna, was, simple, yeah, but I was going to bring, reason, I was gonna bring I that up. I was probably, that sometimes. Yeah, that was the most confusing part of it, because it's just like, wait, which one do I get and which one is the thing that I'm doing? Like, yeah, Instead of like a normal dice worker, you might roll them and then put them in a spot. This one, like they locked into a spot and then they shifted spots and it was it wasn't super clear. It was a little fiddly, but um, and there yeah. was a special one. I think both of you guys used that one and I didn't I didn't go there. Yeah. Yeah. The like the 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 glowing die or whatever it was yeah, called, something yeah. like that. There you go. That was uh, Merchants of the Dark Road from uh, Elf Creek Games. And then uh, we finally got a game with all four of us. It was our first uh, cooperative game. We played uh, Lost Ones, uh, designed by Gordon Alford. Artist was Matt Forsyth, Paperhead, and Stephen Priceman. I'm pretty sure we've played something. Uh, with art by Paperhead before, because I remember that name. Uh, and it was published by Greenbrier Games. So in Lost Ones is a map tile exploration game set in a choose-your-own-path story. The player takes on the role of one of the four available youths who have been kidnapped and taken to the other world, home of the Fae. The game begins just as the players escaped captivity during a conflict between warring Fae factions and must now explore this magical realm of dreams to discover a way home. Mechanics were cooperative game, hand management, storytelling, and tile placement. So BP, I, think, I feel like you're the biggest fan of cooperative games here. Mm -hmm. What did you think of Lost Ones? Disappointing, to be honest, um, is the first word that comes to mind. Okay. Uh, I mean, especially, I mean, listen to the description. It just sounds fantastic. Um, 
obviously cooperative games. And then the story uh, storytelling aspect is also something we really like. But um, I don't know. We played, I think, twice in a row yep. because it went really fast because we, we lost real quick lost yeah. both times really quickly and um everyone seemed really surprised but i just i don't know it seemed limited in some of um i don't know in some of those features like it, it was pretty for sure the tiles um i really liked the concept of it with the book and being able to tell your own story i just yeah, so in this one, we started on a tile and the tiles had numbers. And then we chose uh, when it was your turn. One of the weird things is like you can have one to three actions. It's like, well, why would I not take as many actions as I pot? Like, why would I ever choose one? Mm -hmm. And that kind of came up during the game. But on your turn, you could decide to peek into a next tile or move into a next tile or uh, attempt some sort of challenge in the tile that you're in. And they're all numbered. So if you move to a new tile, you would go to the book. You would read off the description of whatever it was. You know, you're in a giant pool with a shark, I think was one of the mm -hmm. things that happened to us. And now you have to swim away from the shark. So um, we all went to go rescue Kate, I think it was. Yeah, we, <laughs> we yeah, did we, not. <laughs> and, then, and then only none of us could help except for Kiwi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so you have cards that help you with these challenges because you need a certain number of icons and other players can help you if you're in the same tile. But those cards were also your health and if anybody ran out of cards you all lost yeah. um that was the part that i it's it felt like I, I need these cards to do challenges and i can't move forward without the challenges but the cards are also my health so mm -hmm. i don't know what did you guys think i think kate liked it the most yeah but i think that was just because i haven't played as many games that are similar and so i think you guys all just you know, had a backup game that, or not a backup, a, a, pre a preferred game that you'd be like, I'd rather do that one instead. And for me, it was still a little bit novel. So I was like, oh, I had fun. I, I had the same frustration you guys did that we lost very quickly. And the fun of the game was to add more tiles and explore. And if we just quickly, you know, had to end the game and start over, it was, yeah, it was a little frustrating. Yeah, I felt like there wasn't enough buildup to the threat. It was sort of like it appeared and it took us out like right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There was no like, oh, it it showed up on the board, but it's slowly moving towards us. It was like, oh, oh. Nope, here it is. And now we're done. Yeah. Um, if I had just like a little bit of like a tension building, I think it would have been a little better. And like, I, I think even the guy demoing was like, oh, yeah, one time he just drew a card and they immediately lost. It was like, well, that's yeah. not that's not super great design. Mm -hmm. um, had some positives to it. I think maybe just a few little little weird things and possibly we we're doing something wrong or or there's, you know, errata to fix it or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, again, I really like the idea that when Kiwi was describing it uh, during his speak, it reminded me again how much I think um, – at least most of us really enjoyed the choose your own adventure books as a kid. And that's, I guess when I was, you know, we were being uh, somewhat taught the game. <laughs> it's a whole nother aspect. I feel like again, of this gameplay was also the, the walkthrough. Uh, oh yeah. Did this, did this win a reward for um, weakest teaching? Teach. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe for this I think if we get through, yeah, 
It's I think we'll remember teaches as we get through, but it's definitely up there for, yeah. it, it was just kind of like, here's the things. And then the guy like disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so it was mostly like me and the rule book. And then occasionally he would pop over and we could ask a question, but usually it was just like, oh, you guys already have the big bad guy out. Well, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the, the tabletop experience. Uh, I think we talked about this once on one of the walks back to the, the apartment was sometimes the tabletop experience uh, that you have, even in these conventions, kind of adds to your experience of the game and yep. your memory of the game. So this one, just overall experience was just a little disappointing for so early on. But again, a great concept, right? Yep. Uh, so then at that point, uh, Kate and BP headed back uh, to the apartment and Eric and I wandered around the vendor hall. Uh, the vendor hall was definitely uh, more spread out as they intended and as they said they were going to do. And then a good portion of it, I would probably say like maybe 30 percent of what you would normally see was closed, maybe even less was closed off. And they put up curtains to kind of block view to mm -hmm. make it look like it was still full instead of having a giant uh, area open. And, uh, so Eric and I walked around, we saw some stuff and I picked up, uh, air, land and sea critters at war. Uh, so it's a retheme of the air, land and sea, uh, two player game. So it was uh, designed by John Perry published by our arcane wonders. And the artist was Derek Lofman. So in air, land and sea critters at war, two players vie for control over each theater of war by playing cards and strategically utilizing their special abilities to win battles. Whoever gains the most victory points over several battles wins the war. Gameplay is the same in this standalone game as in Air, Land, and Sea, but with 100% more critters and more vibrant colors. Uh, and the mechanics are area majority influence, card play, conflict resolution, and hand management. Um, so I picked it up because I've been interested in Air, Land, and Sea for a while, and I felt like this art style lend itself more towards like other people wanting to enjoy it. So if you're not into the war, World War II theme, you know, maybe fun squirrels and hedgehogs and <laughs> other things with, you know, silly looking rocket launchers or armorier style. Oh, um, I feel like this is just a Paxton's. I think Paxton, I think it's something Paxton will enjoy. Uh, because it plays a little bit like Smash Up, which is a mm -hmm. game that he does enjoy. But it, I felt like it was more strategic than Mash Up or Mash Up. Smash Up? Smash Up. <laughs> Smash Up. Whatever that game is. Yeah. Um, it's very popular. Yes. Um, yeah. And then Eric and I sat down and we played it and I liked it. I thought it was very good. Um, I liked the strategicness of it. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, like it it kind of plays similar to Smash Up, but just. A little bit more streamlined um i think yeah. the appeal of smash up is all the crazy options you have and this just sort of limits that and gets to the core gameplay which is good i think it plays a lot quicker too yeah i think we played two games worth of it uh and the games take it's like multiple rounds and we still played two games so it was good yeah uh so i thought it was uh worth the purchase it, i don't remember how much it was but i think it, it was definitely worth the money. has more critters and vibrant colors Yep, that is true. <laughs> and then you guys did some play testing, right? Kate went and joined you and I stayed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We play tested uh, clandestine. It was an early prototype. Um, yep, early early prototype. A big rundown mechanic. Interesting concept on the theme. I could maybe see it kind of working out, um, but a little bit of a slow pace, I think. And um, I 
immediately discovered a way to break the game and took Kiwi out of it like, <laughs> right away. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, which was less than enjoyable. So yeah, not super enjoyable to play, but hopefully good feedback for the play mm-hmm. test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and then we also picked up uh, Fire in the Library uh, for us, for us yeah. since we're not in the same place as Eric. Um, and then uh, they picked up, or Eric picked up some Sleeping Gods stuff mm-hmm. expansion mm-hmm. that I didn't get with the Kickstarter, so we can play more Sleeping Gods. Mm-hmm. Have you guys played with it yet? Uh, we added it, but it's was on the other side of the map from where we're at. So oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like the expansion that I have for Gloomhaven. We just haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did get back and sit down to continue our sleeping gods and realize we were at the end of the game and yeah. we were like super disappointed. <laughs> uh, so then we came to the end of the first night where we went to a, uh, a release. Well, we went to Weber Grill. And then we went to a release party for Vivid Memories, which was designed by Matthew Dunstan and Brett J. Gilbert. It was uh, artists were Andrew Bosley, um, and it was published by Floodgate Games, um, mm-hmm. who also did Bosk. So every stick is a sword, every bike is a steed, every memory is a possibility. In vivid memories, you'll take turns collecting fragments of childhood memories, weaving a tapestry of colored threads in your mind. Throughout your journey, you'll store important moments in your memory bank, gaining new abilities to help your score. Cleverly create create connections and earn rewards for completing core memories, matching the imagination behind each moment and working toward your lifelong aspirations for victory. And the mechanics were drafting and network route building. <laughs> and I'm going to start this one with Kate since she did so well that she right. won a copy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to receiving that copy. <laughs> Maybe giving it another try. Um, I had fun playing it, but I think we'll all say the same thing about the theme. And as you read that description, I was like, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) Matching imagination behind each moment, not exactly. Um, yeah, we just, I I thought that theme was really cute. I think we're, BP and I both, before going to Gen Con, like, like the idea of it, right? Mm -hmm. And wanted it on the schedule. So it was a little disappointing. Um, in terms of that, like, playful childhood memories bit coming in, because um, it didn't. Uh, but it, it was a different type of game than I've played before. I don't think I, I think. played the, anything like, like that. The network route building, apparently it's called. Yeah, where you, like, um, I I like the, the pieces. Like, they're very good tactile yeah. game where, like, you're putting the pieces in little squares and things. And- yeah, so the pieces were like these little acrylic-looking diamond-shaped pieces that you could fit in. You could fit in three of them into one of the slots, and you were trying to build a, a route from one location to another location that had matching colors. But then there were also uh, um, patterns that you were trying to build as well mm-hmm. in order to score points. But yeah, I, I agree with Kate. Like I didn't felt I I liked the puzzle of it, but it didn't go with the theme at all even though with the puzzle like i think kate was really good at the rewire thing where you can mm-hmm. kind of rearrange some stuff and i could never figure out how it works so i just didn't do it <laughs> yeah um, there's yeah yeah because i think i i had an objective for a certain color and so i was really going for that and i think that's why yeah i won maybe um so that's why i'd, I'd like to try it again and and play around with that but the yeah the theme's not yeah there. i just wish like maybe you were tr- like, I think we had discussed, like maybe you had a 
a dream job yeah. or something like so astronaut when you grow up. and you're trying to like target memories that would lead towards that or something yeah yeah i think we talked yeah i think we talked about it after because everybody got a like a dream job at the beginning or what your job currently was and that kind of gave you like what your goal was at the end of the turn or end of the game and i think eric you brought it up where it would have been more interesting if there were jobs at the end of the table and just like you said like you try to build the memories that get you to that you know because there was an astronaut so maybe it's a memory of you know, building a cardboard rocket ship and yeah. pretending to be a, an astronaut at home or right. something. Or if you're like a doctor, like, you know, medical things on stuffed animals. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will just yeah, say, BP. yeah, for, again, uh, the environment having an influence. Um, it, this was, a, yeah, a late game for me. I hadn't quite adjusted to to Gen Con time. So I, I got a little grumpy towards the end of it. It went a little late for my brainwaves. And so I think that also kind of taints my memory of it. Do you see what I did there? I did. Yeah. I, I quit earlier and I quit again. Oh, well, you keep coming back. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with what Kate was saying, like that whole network building um, was, was interesting. I got, it just, again, wasn't it, it didn't really match the theme. Like, why are you trying to connect these colors? Does that, and, and yes, it's supposed to like ignite some of these memories, but then like you put them to the side. I don't know. Like there was just like a whole lot going on that just, there were a whole lot of mechanics. My brain was not like at its tip top shape. And then it just wasn't mixing into the theme as well either. So it was really hard for me to to put it all together with how all the different aspects of not just trying to get your dream job, but then like you would complete like a card and move it off to the side. But like you could then, I don't know, there was just a lot going on. I think it's also interesting is, is different takes on the, or different games that we've now played in like these giant room settings, mm -hmm. you know, where they're trying to teach you the game at the very beginning of it. You know, two years ago we did, um, detective with Ignacy and I felt like that teach and maybe that game just fit itself better to that kind of teach mm -hmm. where I feel like this game did not really fit it yeah. was not well suited for this kind of like approach mass teaching that they, they were going show for. us a video just, yeah. that was kind of odd that was, yeah, yeah but it, I feel like again and he and whoever was leading it said the same thing like you know about halfway into it it got very technical and I know I tuned out like more than I tuned Kiwi out so yeah uh yeah so that was uh day one Ooh, of Gen Con what a full day yeah so then uh day two um we started off with uh the adventures of Robin Hood uh Designed by Michael uh, Menzel. The uh, artist was also Michael Menzel. Wait, wait. What? We have to back up. We actually started no. off with... No, no, we played those later. Potichu. Oh, sure. Cafe Potichu. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. And let's be honest. Uh, that was a highlight yeah. and a great start to the day. And if you get anything other than the croissant French toast... It's a mistake. Uh, you're a monster. Oh, <laughs> no. The gluten-free waffle was delicious. No. Every time I get something else, I always think... Damn it, I should have gotten. <laughs> yeah, that's what Kate learned. Yeah, I learned that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I ordered a bagel outside of New York. What was wrong with me? 
Yeah, so then then, then we played. Then okay. we played. Okay, then now we played you can launch The Adventures yes. of Robin Hood, designed by Michael Menzel. The artist was also Michael Menzel. Um, it was pu- it's published by uh, Cosmos, and it wasn't actually out yet when we mm-hmm. were there, um, but it was it's releasing this year. So in England, in 1193, the county of Nottinghamshire suffer under the yoke of evil Prince John and his henchmen. Can Robin Hood and his companions escape the sheriff's guards and complete their adventures successfully? And the mechanics are cooperative game, scenario mission campaign game, and storytelling. Can we just say the answer is... Not this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So spoiler alert, we uh, second co-op game of the week uh, and we lost. Yeah. We failed the tutorial that was basically said, like, you can't possibly fail this. (laughs) (laughs) But again, see, I feel like, especially with compared to the the other one, like, I mean, losing one is nothing new to me. But I, I feel like in that sense, it's not really even the point sometimes to having fun or even to storytelling and I for this one it was just much more engaging the board um well I think long time you use you guys might comment more on um maybe with some of the cardboard deteriorating a bit uh it also had a book that accompanied your storytelling and uh we really got into that aspect of it I feel like the when each person took a turn like reading from the book we kind of like got into the narration and then um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it a, a, a lot, even for losing. Yeah. So the, the board was like a double layer cardboard that had inset pieces that depending on the scenario and the story, you might pull them out and flip them over. So I think what Eric and I like noticed an was calendar. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With repeated plays, you would wear those down and they might mm-hmm. become loose and start to uh, wear. Um, I thought the movement system was very interesting. So every there weren't. You know, traditionally, a game might have hexes or blocks, and mm-hmm. you would move through those blocks uh, or points on a map you would move between. This one, we all had uh, kind of short and oh, yeah. longer pieces, and that was our character walking or running. And so you would build a line with those pieces, and that's how far your player could move. And if you didn't run, you could add a like a quiet cube. Food, a, a food cube, I think it was like an energy, because obviously yeah. if you're not And you could dashing. add it to the bag, because yeah. there was a bag that... That's where we would pull like which player goes next. If there was some sort of like combat or Mm -hmm. something had to be um, resolved, resolved, you would pull cubes out. And if you got, you know, a white cube, then you were successful. Uh, Purple cubes were bad, I think. Um, And you just you just followed through the story. Yeah. What did you guys think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was a favorite for sure from the um, from the weekend. yeah, the story was a lot of fun. The the board itself and flipping over the the pieces. Um the movement, I don't know. I I feel like you guys were very precise yeah. with that. And I was <laughs> I was a little like, come on, it's we, there. Uh, we played Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like yeah, we're we're a quarter we, yeah, Eric we've been yelled grew, at by fourteen year old kids that were, <laughs> yeah. were yeah, Eric and I have played games where a quarter inch mattered. Um, we got to take a boat. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, even though we lost it, it was a really good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. It was like really creative in the style. Everything was just like well done. Um, the board is neat. Um, the book is like a hardback old, book. Yeah, oh, like a yeah. hardback. That surprised like me. Old style book felt really nice. Yeah. Um, and then like I remember that that was the easiest person that had to 
job in Gen Con because he was like, all right, here's Adventure Robin Hood. You here's put the these book. things to move. <laughs> uh, okay, read the book. And then he wandered off. I mean, he was available. Yeah. He was yeah. good. But yeah. like, he had to do nothing. It just, the game teaches itself, yeah. which is and, great. And that one rule was really, like, I looked at the rule book and the rule book was just a sheet. Yeah. And that sheet was just describing the movement. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, go to the scenario. And, this, and the book but teaches you everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That tutorial is really good. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I thought like for that style of game, having a tutorial was really, was really great because you kind of get hooked into it while you're learning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's like enjoyable to just learn, learn how to play. I think mm-hmm. our big mistake is we didn't bonk enough guards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think for me, had this game been on sale, this would have been my yep. purchase immediately. We would have bought it. Yeah. I, yep. I do wish it was more than four players, but uh, I would still have bought this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was quite good. All right, and then we played. Or no, you guys played Juicy Fruit. So we Eric, I'll the, let you take this one away. Yeah, we went to the vendor hall uh, and wandered around, and one of the games that. Kate had been interested before was Juicy Fruits, uh, designed by Christian Store, uh, art by Annika Heller, and it's published by Deep Print Games. But it was at the Capstone booth, so I don't know if they're co-publishing. And each player has their own small island paradise where they grow delicious fruit. To win, you must gain the most points by cleverly supplying ships. Ships? By cleverly supplying (laughs) ships uh, that I don't remember and adding the best businesses to your (laughs) island. (laughs) <laughs> the mechanics were area movement, contacts, grid movement, tile placement. So, Kate, how uh, describe how this game was played. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I think you've already described it, but the, yeah, the, you slide the tiles around, um, and there's, yeah, you have your, I'm sorry, they did this. <laughs> I, told, I, I told you yesterday I was going to make you do <laughs> <laughs> um, You could also, like, upgrade the things that you could do. You could get um like an ice cream truck to put in your grid and mm. then Go move that around yeah. and then um you had to have certain fruit combination to uh produce ice Make cream ice and cream. sell ice yeah. cream and then you get points for the yeah. ice cream you sell you could also get a like a resort that you add mm-hmm. in and so like the core mechanic is like a slide puzzle so like you have fruit mm-hmm. on a grid and you're sliding them and every like if you slide them two spaces you get two apples Mm-hmm. or pomegranates or whatever right uh, probably tropical fruits um and then yeah I believe like, there's a mango steen <laughs> what <laughs> i believe there was a mango steen a mango steen mm-hmm. yeah is that not a mango no all right there's a mango steen <laughs> um and, uh so like some of the things you could unlock like you said the ice cream cart which would then generate ice cream you need the fruit you spend that to get points but then like you'd have other tiles that would like they were worth a lot of victory points, but they blocked up your grid. Mm-hmm. So like you could try to place those, but it might limit how much you could move around. That was like a big sort of puzzle in that of like, mm. what do you want to add to your board? And then you're also trying to unlock. So you start with like half of your board and you're also trying to unlock spots so you have more movement space. So mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. all around a slide puzzle, which is interesting. I don't mm-hmm. think we've done anything like that. Yeah. So it had a little bit of complicated movement involved but it was also very easy to just pick it up and start playing yeah, and it moved fast yeah it did mm. no player interaction though um, no which is probably the big reason why i didn't get it also it's going to be a recurring theme for players <laughs> which is not yeah. a good player count for me right now yeah, yeah you weren't interested in what anybody else would, was doing your head 
yeah you're really down yeah i feel like it was a a lot of games like that this year where a lot of four-player games with very like limited player action yeah yeah seemed to be a theme like you had the same pool of ice cream trucks and resorts to choose from so you might be like oh shoot you know, yeah, or it would be took like, the ice cream truck I had my eye on, but that's just pick a different ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so. they have different play values, so yeah. there's a, there's definitely strategy there in what you picked and stuff, but limited player action. Well, it sounds really exciting. Um, we had tried to get to uh, play it, but the tables were full, being again four player. Yeah, yeah. It was, very popular. Um, it was hard to get in demos really this year. It felt like. Yeah, I think it depended on the game and the table. I felt like some games were definitely more popular. There was one, uh, Arcane Wonders had one called Picture Perfect, and that mm-hmm. one always looked full. Yeah. Um, we tried to watch it a little bit, but yeah, it, was, it seemed very confusing. Yeah, without, well, without rules. Yeah. It, uh, With the, the images of it looked interesting, and yeah. maybe one day we'll, we'll actually sit down and play it, and we'll find out. But uh, at yeah, we also wandered and I got to buy my art. Yep. Yeah, we uh, yeah, BP was able to get her art. So while uh, Kate and Eric were waiting to play Juicy Fruits, uh, BP and I wandered around. We, we took a look at um, Eleven, which was the... Oh, yeah, because we're going to get that. Yeah, soon. so I, I backed the Kickstarter. Or it wasn't Kickstarter, it was GameFound, mm-hmm. which is the uh, an, not an opponent. Uh, a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ignacy Chevichek from Portal Games is designing a what is essentially a football manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have it's your in own... real football, not American sure, football. Yes. Yeah. Not American football, but uh, everywhere else football. Right. Uh, but you have your own club uh, and you're running the clubs. So you build up the stadium, you get sponsorships and you can decide, decide stuff like this sponsorship will be on the jersey or this one will mm-hmm. just have a sign in the stadium or. Yeah. And, and, it, and then if the sponsor does something icky, you have to decide if yeah, you there's keep like them a, or not. You have, you have board meetings where they could be like, yeah, the sponsor's really gross. Do we want to keep them or yeah. do we want to dump them? Um, so it seemed uh, really interesting and yeah. I was super excited about it. It was one that I backed it because uh, I knew it was a theme that BP would like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she got excited about it when she got to uh, see it and mm-hmm. the guy was talking to her about it. So. <laughs> and then I, I was actually- I've heard good things about it, but your descriptions of sitting through board meetings... <laughs> now winning me over it. yeah yeah it's it's just a card draw and the card draw will have a scenario and then there's like three options from the scenario that's literally all the board meeting oh is. i think it's very exciting yeah. and i was telling him all about it and he really seems he seemed to love the game so i told him he would really love football and he needed to get more into it yeah <laughs> um but you get to like set the the strategy on like where your player, like how many forwards you have mm-hmm. and how many defensemen. And oh, what and you, you got is. to for game day. You yeah, got for game to, day, yeah. you got to set the strategy. Set and then the game layout. was just, you just compared your opponent, which was on the back of a card. You just compared your, your opponent's setup to yours. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, that's how you decided like who wins. So, it, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting, pretty cool. And we had a fangirl moment. Yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we uh, went to the Red Raven Games booth and we're looking at uh, Now or Never, which is the next one coming out uh, from Red Raven Games from Ryan Lockett. And uh, we there was a guy setting up the game and he was setting it up and we looked at it. I was like, oh, that's really great. And BP asked him, like, how is it played? And so he talked to us for a little bit and then we walked away and they were like, maybe we should see if they're doing a demo. Mm-hmm. So like we walked back and now there's more people. Um, and then 
Interviewing said guy. Yeah, interviewing said guy. And then I realized that the person we had been talking to was indeed Ryan Lockett. <laughs> so then eventually everybody left and I you know, told him like, hey, we really enjoy your games. We love your art. Um, and then BP got all fangirly. It was like, I love cartographers. <laughs> I was just like, no, 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 wrong one. I caught myself. I caught myself. I caught myself and said Rome. She meant Rome. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of funny. So, um, And then you guys looked at Rorschach. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I know we were a little disappointed. Yeah, it. It it, I was hoping because I've been trying to find another more games like Codenames because we play that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I was hoping it'd be along those lines. Uh, it plays similar, but it's just like it's a name inkblot test. And so like, I guess one person says I'm there's like three cards out and one person says I'm thinking of this. And then everyone has to guess which one it is. But it's so abstract that it's sort of just random. Yeah. So it kind of seems weird. like kind of seems like Dixit, but with Rorschach inkblots instead. Yeah. But like imagine like Dixit without like concrete art. It's just sort of like you add in that layer of just interpretation and it's sort of just it felt way too like kind of random guessing, which is. Sad because I was thought it could be a really cool concept. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we also ended up looking at uh, the Fast and the Furious game. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Asma, I am wait, a wait, wait, big wait. Fan. Is it the Fast and the Furious or is it Fast and Furious? Is it? I think it was, I think it was fast... just Fast and Furious. Yeah, I think it was just Fast and Furious. It was yeah. um, from uh, Ravensburger, yeah, the so same folks the who did Princess Bride and yeah. Jaws and uh, the other IP games that we've played. Yeah. And I, again, I'm a big fan, but I don't know. The idea was interesting. Right. I just don't but, see yeah. that translating into a, a board game. Yeah. That's just me. I, I feel like Fast and the Furious is too dynamic to be in a board game. That's yeah. what I think. Especially because we played one of the missions. There was like five, I yeah. think. And it was the mission where they they fought the tank on the bridge, which was, what, six? Seven? So, yeah. I don't know. They're all the same at this point. <laughs> They're all over the top. And that's the thing. I, I don't know. that. Can you get that in? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then we went back to the apartment to rest for a little bit. And while we were resting, we played Bargain Quest mm -hmm. and Kitchen Rush. So, Eric, this was the first time that you got to play Bargain Quest uh, as not a demo because we demoed it two years ago and then I purchased it. And then we didn't see each other for two years. Two years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it was as good as we had thought when we demoed it and I, when you bought it. So I, it's like a super fun merchant game. Yeah, I, I love the theme of it. You're not the adventurers. You're just the people selling it to the mm -hmm. adventurers. And I think we talked about it when we played Adventure Mart. Like, I wanted Adventure Mart to be like Bargain Quest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just fun because you can kind of like, oh, I'm going to sabotage this adventure because I don't want him to come back. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it, with Kate, it was your first playthrough. She didn't play. Uh, she she didn't play. Uh, she, she went for a run. That's right. That was the day yeah. you did the <laughs> afternoon run. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that's, a, you know, we talked about taking care of yourself Yes, and we you know made sure that Kate had an opportunity to do the runs that she wanted to do right. because everybody needs to take care of themselves. So yeah. Yeah. that's it's our public service announcement. <laughs> She'd be really grumpy otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was Kate's first time playing Kitchen Rush. It was. Yes. Which is What did you think of Kitchen fate. Rush? Yeah. I really liked Kitchen Rush. Yeah. I mean, kind of expect me to like it probably because I love cooking and food. And the theme is <laughs> so strong in that that yeah, I mean it's a theme that I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy for sure. 
and the chaos was fun. Uh-huh. It's a little bit, not, not really like Kelly, but a little bit in that, like, you know, you were like using the, the language of the yeah. food, the ingredients and saying, I need this. It, yeah, it has those that. funny moments in Cali where like, my cats have no milk. Yeah. It's like this one is like, there's, I'm out we're of out of meat. We're, yeah, there's, <laughs> somebody get oregano. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to play yeah. that again. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, first time great. I heard it described, it was like, it's Overwatch, the board game. And I was like, I have to have this. Yes. Like, I don't care. I, I knew nothing about it. Overcooked. I purchased it based solely on that. You said uh, Overwatch, which would be a oh, much yeah, different yeah, yeah. game. No, not Overwatch. No, we've Overcooked. Played, yeah, we've played Overwatch, the board game, and it, I did not like it. But oh, Overcooked, the board game. It's Overcooked, the video game. Every, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're doing great. And, yeah. Yes. And then we had Harry and Lizzie's. Harry and Izzy's. Yes. Yes. With that fantastic, uh, was it pork belly or was it? No, it's just a slab of bacon. Because I remember asking the waiter <laughs> yeah, about so it. I was like, slab. there was this appetizer. It was just a slab of bacon with like maple. I think it was like a maple. Yeah. It wasn't as much of a slab as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but um, yeah, so then we went to AG Big Game Night mm-hmm. um, and we started off with Tiny Towns, which we had played on an episode, but Kate hadn't played before. So, Kate, what did you think of Tiny Towns? Uh, I had fun with that one. I um, what do I remember about it. I remember that I like the first round through had that option to make one of the resources whatever I wanted. The factory, yeah, yeah, and that that worked pretty well for me. Um, I think you were really excited when they said we're going to do a second playthrough of it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's. That's one that we own here because um, I liked it so much mm-hmm. when we bought it. I, I like the puzzle aspect, and it kind of seems like that's where you're at with it too, Kate. Um, yeah, so we, we did two games of that. And it was interesting because it was like big bingo. Game. It was a big bingo yeah. room style. So yeah. we, the whole room was playing at the same time, which was which was kind of cool. Yeah, except that yeah, if you you know lost and then everybody is still playing. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, that was good. And then we uh, they had two brand new games. They had uh, 10, which was designed by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, and Sean Stankovich. Um, and the artist was Sean Stankovich. And 10 is an exciting push-your-luck and auction game for the whole family. Players draw cards one at a time, trying to add as many as you can without exceeding a total value of 10, or they bust. And the mechanics were auction bidding and push-your-luck. Um, so, Eric, what did you think of this one? Um, I mean, it's like a number card game, so pretty, pretty low on things I like. It it wasn't terrible, like, you know, little puzzle of putting the things together. Um, push your luck is always makes things more enjoyable. Um, but it was, I don't know, there's numbers on cards, kind of, yeah. mm-hmm. kind of what you expect. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the push your luck was fun. Um, the game in general, I thought it was fun, but it seemed to go on too long it mm-hmm. might have been mm-hmm. the time of night we were maybe a little bit late and we we're getting tired but all you morning people <laughs> oh, <it's> morning. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i i would play it again and and like that whole family thing that it, it's actually true like i feel like i could play that with my you know 11 year old niece and it would be fun mm-hmm. when she or could yeah. get your it. parents who and my parents like, don't play a lot of people games, who are more so. used to traditional or like, card games or really like rummy type games yeah yeah, yeah. Was, that's what i was gonna compare it to it felt a lot like a rummy style game yeah yeah bp what did you think Meh. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, again, so- uh, the mechanics, I was like, I know, I knew Air Quiz is going to let me stand with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I was. I, was gonna- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the idea of the mechanics being auction bidding and push your luck, but it was just, I don't know. So we actually played it again at home um, with my other game group. It was a much different experience. (laughs) They added role-playing to it. (laughs) The auctioning really came in. Yeah. How? (laughs) They can role-play anything. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they were playing auctioneers, and so they were just screaming at you as you took your turn, like, if you would push your luck or not. Um, Still kind of meh on the game, but it was different. (laughs) There you go. Uh, and this was a much different teaching experience. So instead of like a giant, because there were probably what, like a hundred, two hundred people in that there room. There were five hundred people there. Five hundred people, which you couldn't really tell because yeah. we were so spread out. I That's felt like they really did a good job. Trip, yeah. I would not have guessed that there were five hundred people in that room. Um, uh, but they had like one person assigned to two tables mm-hmm. uh, that was working for, or at least volunteering for AG. And tables were four. And tables were four. Yep. Um, and the tables were pretty big, so I felt like you could yeah. still space out if you needed to. Uh, so the teach was what um, a lot easier, I felt like, because it was just one person tending to two tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're um, also and- much, I wouldn't say, say much easier games compared to like yeah, Vivid true. Memories was a pretty uh, complex yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were pretty simple. So I think good choices for this sort of environment. Yeah, exactly. And then we played uh, Whirling Witchcraft, which is another uh, new game from AEG, designed by Eric Anderson Sundin. Uh, artist is uh, Louis Francisco and Weberson Santiago. And the description is, being a witch is all about wielding powerful magic ingredients. But a witch can wield only so much power before everything blows up in their face. Choose your recipes wisely to clear your workbench and stick others with too much raw material because the first player to overflow their nemesis's cauldron with Enough ingredients wins. And the mechanics are simultaneous action selection and variable player powers. So BP, what did you think of this one? I really wanted to like it a lot more than I did. Um, I still really liked some aspects of it. I think the only thing was that uh, player interaction wise, you were really only playing with one other player. Um, I think we talked about, because it, it, it was pretty fun, like trying to, the puzzle piece of trying to figure out um, you know, when you had to collect a certain amount of resource and then do you place that resource on your own right stash, your own shelves or in the cauldron to give to your opponent. But then you really did only have one opponent, but that opponent wasn't playing against you. They were playing against somebody else. Like if there were a way to keep switching around those cauldrons so you weren't just you know, just a, a one-way switch. But it was really an interesting idea and obviously a great, uh, now that we're talking about it, uh, in the Halloween season, a great Halloween theme. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I wish there had been ways to play against other players at the table because you're right. I wasn't really playing against you even though I was passing my cauldron to you. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I was passing it to Kate. I think I was passing to Kate. Um, but like Kate wasn't passing back to me. She was passing to Eric. Mm-hmm. I wish there, like whether there were cards to say, okay, pass crosswise or mm-hmm. pass alternate or trade with another player. Um, or if it just kind of like went clockwise one turn and the next round, it went counterclockwise or something easy like that. Yeah. Um, I felt like that would have made it a little bit more interesting. What did you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree with what's been said so far about the passing, um, back and forth or to the same person. Um, the 
table presence was good. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you had like yeah. you actually mm-hmm. had that little cauldron, which was cute. Mm-hmm. I don't know how necessary it was, but um, <laughs> yeah, the game was witchcraft like theme to it, and the purple and black colors. And I don't know that we like the the materials you had. They probably had names. We didn't really seem to use yeah, that like much. Frogs yeah, and yeah, things like that, but. Generally, yeah, bat wings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to try it again with the group here. Um, but uh, in that case, BP was very tired at that point, yeah, uh, and I was passing to her, so I abused that fact to speed run and win, <laughs> um, which is kind of not great. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, then so we did receive copies of 10 Whirling Witchcraft um, from the AG Big Game Night. We also got a game called Cheaty Mages, which I believe you guys have tried. Played in it. Yeah, we, uh, it's fun staying in the collection for a bit. Uh, it was really okay. fun. Uh, okay. It's got a big like kind of auction and push your luck mechanic. And it it's actually really fun. You guys, should, I think it might be three players though. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I keep meaning to look at it because when you brought that up, I was like, oh, I, okay. Maybe that's I think it'd be a I'll good game with like Paxton though. Uh, and then we also got Inner Compass and Scorpius Freighter, which Eric, you've said you've played Scorpius Freighter. I have played Scorpius Freighter. Um, it's a Rondell game. Didn't quite have much of a theme. Uh, I, we are going to play it again, so we'll see if maybe second playthrough is different. But one it's time a I lot played of, it, it was kind of meh. It's a lot of games to walk away with. Just it is, going yeah. to yeah. yeah, it's a good, uh, good value for money if you want to go to yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely definitely worth the money. I thought. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we did purchase uh, Crimes and Capers uh, High School Hijinks. Is that what it's called? Well, yep. well we did. It but, yeah. uh, but there's a, there's a past episode. Yep. Uh, we also <laughs> purchased uh, number... Floor Plan, yeah, which there's a past episode of that one. And then um, I think Paxton stopped listening to the podcast like a year and a half ago. Okay. So uh, we also got Christmas Tama, which Tama is a past episode, but this is a, a Christmas version uh, of, that we of the egg butt. Of the egg butt game. So Mm -hmm. there we go. Uh, So that was day two. So that was our first two days of Gen Con. Uh, If you have any recommendations of games uh, or even conferences and cafes that we could go visit and experience, um, and if you want to hear our impressions of them, just send it to our Gmail, which is firstturntabletop at Gmail. Or we're on the Twitters and Instagram at firstturncast. And our CamelCon podcasting camel says, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. And we look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. <laughs>